With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's Friday, November 17th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the uh, BBWAA awards were uh, concluded last night. Uh, Shohei Otani and uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. were named MVPs in the American and National League. Historic for Shohei Otani to be the second, or, or to to win the award unanimously for the second time. Nobody's done done that uh, more than once. Uh, Otani, the overwhelming choice in the American League, and Acuna with the uh, you know 40 home runs, 70 steals uh, in a season, uh, first time that's ever happened. Uh, he gets the nod in the National League. Uh, uh, you voted in the uh, in that race. Uh, what did you think of the results, and, and was that pretty much the the way you saw things shaking out? Yeah, in the American League, uh, definitely, uh, Joe. Uh, you know, I voted for Otani. Uh, uh, Marcus Simeon and uh, Corey Seager, they were the top three, the finalists. It came out, what, Otani, Seager, Simeon. So, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, it was a, a matter of what you, what you've liked. I, I went with, uh, Marcus Simeon in the second spot just because he played almost, I think he played every game and, and Seager while having a great season, you know, missed a, a you know, a, a good chunk of games. Yeah, it, it, that that does factor into the uh, to the decision making process. You know how many games you played. Uh, you know the the, the numbers ultimately uh, were were pretty good for for both guys. Uh, what'd you think of uh, the way that the uh, the rest of the maybe top ten uh, finishers in the uh, in the balloting uh, you know shook out in in terms of uh, you know who sort of got that recognition? You know, just getting uh, MVP votes is uh it, it's it's an accomplishment for some of these guys any, any surprises among the the top 10 finishers uh in in the balloting no joe i don't think so at all you know uh after otani uh seager goes uh finishes second simeon third julio rodriguez from seattle's fourth kyle tucker who i i really like the houston right fielder uh you know finished uh um uh fifth then it's yandy diaz bobby witt jr Gunnar Henderson, uh, Adley Rushman, and uh, Jose Ramirez uh, rounded out the top ten. I uh, really like I really liked uh, Bobby Witt. Uh, we saw a lot of them, Joe, uh, this this past season with the Guardians playing uh, the uh, Royals um, thirteen times, and uh, every time we saw him, he was really impressive. You know, this is a guy that 
he, he could be a, th- a 30, 40 home run guy plus a 30, 40 stolen base guy. He really, he can run, he can hit, he drives the ball. Uh, hopefully uh, the, the Royals get a little better to put him, you know, give him a little more face time. Yeah, a real, uh, a real five-tool player there. And uh, and like you said, uh, Yanni Diaz, a former Cleveland uh, infielder, now uh, a, a big part of what they're doing in Tampa Bay. Uh, he got four uh, four third place votes and and he finished uh, sixth in, in in the voting. It's uh, it's pretty impressive uh, considering you know this is a guy who couldn't get on the field for for Cleveland and couldn't stay on the field for Cleveland uh, in in any capacity. So uh, he's he's definitely evolved uh, since then. Uh, the uh, MLB Heart and Hustle Award was also handed out this morning. Uh, Jose Ramirez was Cleveland's nominee for the award. Uh, and Marcus Simeon of the Rangers uh, eventually wins it. I mean, this is an it, you think about the 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 award, the Heart and Hustle Award. This is Jose Ramirez's award. I mean, nobody runs the bases with with more energy. Nobody uh, means more to their club. Nobody is uh, is more a part of uh, you know what 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 they're trying to do out there than than Jose Ramirez. I, I gotta believe that at some point in his career he's gonna win this award. Yeah, he's all. I think he he wins it every year for Cleveland. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he is their uh, you know the, their nominee, and this is from uh, you know what uh, I think it's uh, it's it's held by the is it Bat? You know the, it's the, the alumni. Uh, it's the alumni yeah. association. Yeah. So you know these are former players voting on this, and uh, you know all you got to do is watch the Indians for uh, the Guardians for a couple games, and you you can see that why uh, Ramirez uh, you know <laughs> kind of wins this. The, the, it's the he wins it annually. So yeah, eventually he's going to win it because he personifies you know just the, the name of the award. Yeah, it's it, it, nobody. It, you can't think of anybody that runs the bases harder, that that plays the game with hustle the way that that Jose does any any more than he does. So, uh, Marcus Simeon, the winner this year, uh, but eventually that's a that's an award that's going to be on Jose Ramirez's mantle. All right, uh, what we wanted to do today was sort of break format and get in and have a little fun. Uh, you know, sort of put a bow on the Terry Francona era as as we're moving forward in this off season. And just look back and have a little bit uh, of fun looking at the rosters going all the way back to 2013 and uh, and Tito's first season at the helm. And and after a while, uh, you sort of see patterns develop in terms of uh, the players that 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 Tito liked to play and uh, and and have around in the clubhouse and and not just their performances on the field, but their character and their qualities. There there were certain qualities and and uh, you know, things about guys that that became uh, evident that they were just Terry Francona guys. There were We could put together a team full of players that are just Tito guys. And, and that's what we wanted to do was was sort of, uh, you know, go through the the, the, the rosters over the, the 10 seasons and and have, uh, you know, talk about some of these names and some of these guys uh, who were, were part of the roster. And, and then at the end, we'll. Uh, We'll pick uh, nine guys and and some pitchers and some utility guys to to make up an all Tito team. Uh, I think that uh, could be a fun exercise, don't you? Yeah, definitely. That's uh, uh, you know he's he's he just finished eleven years here, so that covers a lot of ground and a lot of players. Yeah, um, let's uh, let's jump right in with the 2013 team. Uh, Tito's first, and uh, a team that 
that made it to the wild card, you know, that, that won down the stretch. I think, uh, you know, how many games do they win? Uh, like their final 12, 13 games. Yeah, they uh, won their last 10 straight games to get to get the wild card. And and made it into the wild card, a special team uh, by any standard. Uh, and you look at some of the names, uh, guys that, you know, you know, you had Carlos Santana was a catcher back then. Uh, you had Nick Swisher in his first year with the club as a, as the big free agent signing that offseason. Uh, Jason Kipnis as Drupal Cabrera was the shortstop. Lonnie Chisenhall was at third base at that time. Michael Brantley, Michael Bourne, uh, your your right fielder. Uh, who's the right who, who the right fielder on that club, Hoynes? Do you remember him? Drew Drew Stubbs eventually Drew wound Stubbs, up, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, from Cincinnati. Uh, and and really uh, the name that that I want to focus on here off of that roster, uh, Jason Giambi. Uh, that was the uh, uh, he played in seventy one games. He was what forty two years old at the time. Only hit one eighty three. Uh, you know, only slugged 371. This is a guy who, you know, was there for, for more for his uh, his qualities in the clubhouse than anything else. Uh, and, and he hit one home run that uh, you see over and over again on highlight reels. It was that uh, that walk off home run against the White Sox uh, when the when Cleveland needed it the most. Uh, what do you remember about Jason Giambi on that club? Yeah, he was. He, you described it perfectly. He was. He was there for uh, to settle the clubhouse down, to uh, be uh, to be the clubhouse leader, and to uh, hit you know dramatic home runs in the ninth inning and the eighth and ninth inning. That game that he hit uh, that he that he hit the game winner in the against the, the White Sox in Cleveland. You know that started that ten game winning streak that they needed to win every game of that streak to get into the postseason, and it it came. After Chris Perez, you know, gave up, uh, blew the lead, and gave up, I think, consecutive home runs in the top of the ninth inning to, uh, you know, put the White Sox back in front. But uh, Giambi came up and and crushed the ball. I think it was a two-run or three-run homer, and uh, you know, just uh, that that started that streak. That that you know, they 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 did they never looked back after that, and and he did that throughout the course of the year. Um, uh, Joe, I mean, and, and you, you know, you, you hear that term a lot, you know, like uh, leaders or uh, clubhouse leaders and, and uh, you know, it, it gets thrown around, uh, you know, all too, you know, all too often because there aren't that many guys like that. But Giambi was... Uh, he was it from from top to bottom. He he uh, he definitely uh, that 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 was what his uh, persona was about. He was he he kind of he settled everything down. He he brought the club together and uh, just it was fun to watch that. The uh, starting rotation that year: Justin Masterson, Ubaldo Jimenez, Scott Casimir, Corey Kluber, uh, Zach McAllister, and the bullpen, like you said, Chris Perez. Brian Shaw, Cody Allen, Joe Smith, uh, Rich Hill pitching out of the uh, the bullpen. Boy, Rich Hill still pitching at, at age, uh, you know, 40, 45 almost uh, right now. Uh, so, yeah, that was the 2013 team. Obviously, a, a lot of names uh, jump out there. Uh, moving on to 2014, coming off of that, uh, that uh, wild card run, uh, Corey Kluber really stepped to the, the, the front of the uh, – the line in terms of you know the the, the top players in the organization and, and uh, the you know in terms of war and and uh, his contributions uh, to that club uh, he really sort of asserted himself that season 
Uh, Jan Gomes came into his own as the uh, the starting catcher as Carlos Santana moved to first base. Uh, Kipnis had a, a, a nice uh, a nice year, but but he, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, really, uh, and, and David Murphy. Uh, this was again the uh, the right field situation uh, was was unsettled even back then. Uh, David Murphy being the uh, the guy out there in right field. Uh, anybody else jump off the page in terms of? Uh, the roster, uh, guys who, who really sort of, uh, you know, exemplified the qualities that uh, that Terry Francona liked to see in a, in a player. You know, Ryan Rayburn was a guy that kind of stuck out to me, Joe. He kind of DH'd, he played, played some out, outfield. And, uh, you know, he, and he had, he hit home runs. He was, he was, he came off the bench and he was incredible hitting home runs. He was just, uh, you know, a power guy, you know, a part-time player. And he kind of really, uh, you know, kind of highlighted Francona's ability to platoon people and get the best out of a platoon. Uh, they starting rotation that year, Kluber, Trevor Bauer, Danny Salazar, Josh Tomlin, TJ House, and Justin Masterson for, for 19 starts, uh, really the the name that that sort of jumps off as the quintessential Terry Francona guy uh, out of that group is is Josh Tomlin. I don't think you're 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 going to find a more Tito guy than uh, than uh, the little cowboy uh, and, and his contribution. This is a guy who would pitch uh, anywhere, anytime, and in any situation for you, uh, as he would prove later on in his tenure with uh, with Cleveland. Uh, he, he gave you everything he had each time out and, and Terry Francona appreciated that in, in Josh Tomlin. Yeah, no doubt about it. He was, uh, he was a fun guy. He pitched out of the bullpen. He could start, he could pinch hit, he could pinch run. Uh, just, uh, he really, he really, he just was a really good play, uh, you know, just a versatile, talented player and just, uh, really a tough guy. He, he did not back down for any, from anybody. Cody Allen, Brian Shaw, Scott Atchison, Mark Zipchinski, John Axford, uh, all uh, guys who pitched out of the bullpen that year. Zipchinski was uh, uh, a, a guy who, who really, you know, kind of caught us by surprise in terms of his contributions. But Atchison pitched in 70 games that year. My goodness. It, it, and Zipchinski pitched in 73. But, uh, and, and, of course, Brian Shaw, 80 games. Why? why 80 appearances for Brian Shaw that year. Uh, the beginning of, you know, the guy pitching until his arm falls off. But, uh, you know, uh, those names out of there, uh, for sure, all, all guys who were definitely contenders for an all-Tito team uh, as we we move forward through the years here. Uh, getting to 2015, and I think one of the, uh, the, the single season, you know, one of the finest single season performances uh, for an individual under Tito, uh, was Jason Kipnis that year, who was an all-star. Uh, he hit 303, uh, nine home runs, 52 RBIs in 86, uh, I mean, in, in 141 games uh, at second base. We also saw the uh, the debut of, of Francisco Lindor that year, uh, but that 2015 season for Jason Kipnis was, was pretty special. Yeah, and uh, he, you know, I think people tr- tend to forget he was an outfielder, uh, you know, drafted as an outfielder, uh, a center fielder, I believe, out of Arizona State. Uh, he played, they 
they uh, converted him to a second base, I think his second year of pro ball. And, uh, you know, he got to the big leagues pretty fast and he really established himself as an all-star second baseman, Joe. He was, uh, you know, kind of a gritty kind of player power he could you know he hung in there turning the double play he could steal bases just uh you know a fun guy to watch when he was at the top of his game uh a uh a contract followed that that 2015 season you know he was able to to you know, make himself uh in- indispensable to the organization and uh you know that that really set up began to set up that core of young players uh that carried them through the 2016 run uh, we saw, uh, you know, I, I'll throw a name out here in terms of a utility guy, Mike Avilas. Uh, he appeared in uh, 98 games that year, and and really was sort of the the blueprint, the the prototype for for how Tito really wanted his utility guys to to sort of produce and and behave and 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 contribute uh, to the to the club. Yeah, Vilas played all over the place. He could play center field. He could play the, the middle infield. Uh, he could pinch run, pinch hit. Uh, you know, he like he was the first <clears throat> when he came over from Toronto with Jan Gomes. He was the first guy that kind of Tito said, this guy can do everything. And you're sitting there scratching your head. And, and then he went out and did everything. So and it kind of set the tone, like you were saying, for every uh, utility guy that, that Francona used for a stay in Cleveland. Cody Allen that season, 34 saves in uh, 38 opportunities, really cementing himself uh, as the closer uh, who would go on to to become the uh, the all time saves leader in franchise history. Uh, Cody Allen, another guy who uh, you can't think about uh, Tito, uh, Terry Francona, and the way that he used his bullpen in Cleveland without thinking about Cody Allen. Yeah, Allen, uh, you know, came up, uh, I think his first full season was 2013, and Tito used him like as, you know, as a true, uh, true uh, kind of uh, closer, but he wasn't closing in the ninth inning. He was he was closing in the fourth inning, the fifth inning, the sixth inning. Whenever there was a jam, he would come in there and get out of it. And eventually he worked his way back to the ninth inning. So, you know, he really he kind of came on and made a, a an immediate impression. Uh, moving on to uh, the big one, the big year, uh, the 2016. Uh, this was uh, the, the club that made it to the, the seventh game of the World Series. Uh, so you want to talk about a team that had all those elements of uh, a quintessential Terry Francona team. This was the, the 2016 crew uh, and, and the name that everybody's going to jump to and the name that everybody's going to, you know, think about in terms of, uh, you know, being that clubhouse presence is Mike Napoli and what he was able to do that year uh, for Cleveland, 34 home runs, 101 RBIs, uh, only hit 239, but boy, it seemed like every, uh, every hit was a big one for for Mike Napoli, uh, and, and really just sort of uh, they haven't had a right-handed power bat produced like that in the middle of the lineup uh, since uh, Mike Napoli. Yeah, he he was everything Giambi was in the locker room, but he could still play, Joe. He he could still uh, you know play every day. Uh, just uh, you know when he when they signed him. You know, Carlos Santana's nose was out of joint because he thought he was going to lose uh, playing time at first base. And uh, 
uh, Napoli, you know, talk to talk to uh, Santana, talk to Terry Francona. They worked out a, uh, a you know, a rotation where they they kind of flip-flopped between DH and, and first base, and they both had great seasons. I think they both set career highs and home runs and perhaps RBIs. Uh, a lot of characters and personalities on that team, uh, even guys who didn't maybe survive the entire year. Uh, with the club, Juan Uribe started the year with the with the ball club and and was uh, was released about halfway through. Played 73 games, but but Juan Uribe really helped make Jose Ramirez who Jose Ramirez you know turned out to be in terms of just a superstar uh, just by by being a mentor and being uh, being there for him at, at that point in his career. Yeah, Juan Uribe and Jose was mini me to a Juan Uribe, and uh, <laughs> you know Jose was playing left field. He was playing left field. He was playing second base. He was playing shortstop. Then he played third base at sometimes, and uh, eventually, you know, they they let uh, Uribe go, and and Jose took over third base. But uh, yeah, they got along great. It was fun to see the interaction with those guys. Uh, a couple of names just to to, to throw out there from this team. Uh, Dan Otero obviously is a, uh, uh, a Terry Francona guy out of the bullpen for sure. He appeared in 62 games that year, uh, had an outstanding season, uh, with a 1.53 ERA, earned himself a contract after that. The, uh, you know, Carlos Carrasco wound up, he was in the rotation, wound up getting hurt. That sort of spawned the whole Hoinsey jumping in the lake uh, take <laughs> on that one because, you know, who knew that they were going to make it to the World Series after that. But, uh, you know, Carrasco's contribution over the, the, the course of the next few years would be well documented. Uh, and Andrew Miller, uh, the big deal, the big trade to, to bring Miller in. And it really revolutionized the, the way that, that Tito used the bullpen down the stretch in 2016. Yeah, he had no choice because he was down to two, really two starters with uh with Kluber and and uh, and uh, Tomlin, then uh, you know Bauer got hurt when he got attacked by one of his drones, and uh, so you had to they really had to you know kind of utilize that that bullpen in a different way, and and Shaw, Allen, and Miller, you know, just kind of they jumped out on you know out of that they they were the stars of that postseason, you know, all three of those guys, especially Miller, who you know was was pitching earlier in games. Would leave the uh, setup role to Shaw and, and Cody Allen. Cody Allen didn't give up a run that whole postseason, Joe, and I think he earned six saves. Uh, Adam Plitko, uh, another guy uh, who who was sort of in between being a reliever and uh, and a starter at that time, uh, but definitely a guy that you know fits that that Terry Francona mold along with uh, uh, you know that Josh Tomlin sort of approach to uh, to, to going out there and giving you what he's got. Uh, Plico, uh, you know, I, I believe was still playing, uh, still pitching in Korea the last time I, I heard. So, uh, another guy who, uh, you know, a, a name to, to just remember off of that, uh, that 2016, uh, team. We get to 2017, and that was the year that the, uh, that Cleveland finished 102 and 60. They won the AL Central. They were in first place, uh, best team in baseball at the time. Uh, didn't make it out of the uh, the wild card round against the Yankees, uh, but uh, that team uh, led by uh, Corey Kluber in a Cy Young uh, performance uh, season. Uh, I, I want to make sure you we mention uh, Michael Brantley that year, uh, 299 batting average, uh, played in 90 games, but but sort of his health was was the major concern on on that club, and 
you know, when he wasn't healthy, uh, it, it sort of changed things for the uh, for the team down the stretch. You know, Brantley, Joe, that's a great point. Brantley was really, you know, uh, the, he was the the lone, you know, kind of stable force in that outfield, you know, from two, 2013 on until, you know, during his stay in Cleveland until he started missing time with the shoulder injury. But, you know, they haven't had a regular left fielder, you know, uh, until Stephen Kwan, you know, to kind of match, uh, you know, Bradley's at least, uh, you know, presence in the lineup and his ability to make contact and hit for an average. Mm-hmm. Uh, other names that, that sort of jump out in, in the in that time period in that uh, from that team, uh, Edwin Encarnacion, the big uh, free agent signing that year. He came over, had a big year, uh, 258 batting average, 38 home runs, 107 RBIs. Uh, so he did exactly what they uh, they brought him in to do. Uh, also got to mention guys like, uh, you know, Austin Jackson, who played uh, 85 games in center field or in the outfield, uh, played all over the place. And, uh, you know, can't forget about, uh, you know, a, a guy like a Greg Allen, who was always trying to, um, you know, break through and break into the lineup and, and just never found a, a spot. I wouldn't necessarily call Greg Allen a. Uh, a Tito guy, but uh, just a, a name that that you know sort of jogs your memory from that uh, that 2017 club. Uh, moving on to 2018, that was really the uh, the season that we saw uh, Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez sort of assert themselves and 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 really grow into that uh, that leadership role on the club, where the you know it, it was almost on a, on a nightly basis where one would be pushing the other and vice versa. Uh, in the clubhouse, uh, anything you can do, I can do better. Uh, and, and we saw that play out on a nightly basis, uh, on, on this particular club that, that won 91 games and, and the, uh, the central division again, but again, got knocked out of the, the postseason, uh, in the first round, uh, this time by the, the Astros. Yeah, Joe, they, uh, you know, the player development people had to feel, feel awfully good when they looked at the left side of that infield with, uh, Jose at third. Lindor at short. They were both, what, 23, 24, 25 years old. They're both hitting the ball out of the park. They're like uh, Mantle and Maris having a home run dirt, you know, home run contest. Uh, that was uh, that was a special time for Cleveland. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, the the starting rotation that year: Corey Kluber, Mike Clevenger, Carlos Carrasco, Trevor Bauer, uh, and then we saw Shane Bieber uh, come up, make his debut, uh, and and really sort of uh, give a glimpse as to as to why he would be uh, a piece of that rotation for several years to come. Afterwards, uh, in in 20 starts, uh, pitching to uh, uh, you know uh, not a great 4.55 ERA, but you know he showed glimpses of of why he was uh eventually became uh the Shane Bieber that we know uh, know today uh the bullpen uh, you had guys like uh uh Tyler Olson, Dan Otero, Neil Ramirez, Cody Allen pitching big innings there uh but Oliver Perez also uh you know was a part of things uh, made appearances in 51 games 
uh, and pitched to a 1.39 ERA. Yeah, Joe, and, uh, you know, that was when, uh, you know, really Tito, we saw Tito at his best with the bullpen. You know, that was before the three-batter rule where he could really use lefties like uh, like Perez and, and uh, Zipzinski, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, <laughs> Perez – uh, pitched in 51 games that year, but only threw 32 in the third innings. So he was going in there to get a lefty and bang, he's back out of there. So, you know, we really saw the competitive nature of Perez and, and, and Francona, how he used him, you know, like surgically. That season, uh, going back to the, uh, the position player side of things, uh, you saw Brandon Geyer come in as a, you know, a pinch hitter and a, a sub. He, he appeared in 103 games. Uh, but Rajay Davis uh, in the outfield, uh, he, he came back to the club uh, after uh, being away in the, I believe, the 2017 season, uh, 101 games. And, you know, this was uh, uh, and he, he stole 21 bases that year. Uh, just uh, in terms of a Tito kind of guy, uh, Rajay was uh, was 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 that kind of contributor uh, to this club. No doubt about it. I think that was the year he hit for the cycle in Toronto, right? Mm -hmm. and, yep. You know, he he uh, just, uh, you know, the guy was, what, 35, 36 years old. He could still run. I, I remember Tito saying, when you put him in there, he's ready. He doesn't have to warm up because he's already warmed up. He's he's ready to roll. And he was in there to steal bases, and everyone in the ballpark knew he was going to steal. Coinsy, he was 37 years old that year. 37? And he, stole, and he stole 21 bases on the season, so... Uh, you know, only caught seven times. Uh, again, just a, a big contributor uh, that year uh, to a club that, that ran the bases well. You had uh, another, uh, you know, three or four individuals on the club that that man managed to, to steal 20 plus bases uh, led by Jose that year, uh, 34. And, and that was a big identity. A big part of the identity of that club was the um, uh, the ability to run the bases. Uh, moving on to uh, 2019 and, uh, you know, disaster struck uh, in Miami when Corey Kluber uh, got nailed by a, a line drive uh, and, and uh, missed a good chunk of that season. Uh, really start, sort of, uh, you know, threw a monkey wrench uh, in, in the, the, the rotation and you had injuries to uh, Mike Clevenger as well uh, that year. But uh, you know there were there were guys that that, that stepped forward and stepped up and uh, and and did contribute, uh, uh, giving Shane Bieber really that opportunity over 34 starts uh, to to sort of assert himself. Yeah, we saw you know the the rest of that the 2016 draft class come up in Savali and Plesac. They all pitched well. Uh, you know, really kind of filled out that rotation with uh, the injuries to uh, Bieber and Clevenger. A couple of guys uh, in the bullpen uh, that year, uh, Tyler Clippard and Nick Whitgren, uh, have, uh, you know, really sort of, uh, if you want to talk about uh, Terry Francona guys, uh, you know, Tyler Clippard and Nick Whitgren were, were two of uh, of the best examples in the bullpen that you could really think of. Uh, Clippard just pitched in every sort of situation that year. He appeared in 53 games. He started three games on in bullpen days. Uh, pitched to a 2.90 ERA over 62 innings, uh, struck out 64, just had an outstanding season for, uh, for Cleveland and, and Nick Wicker in, in, in his first, uh, you know, sort of go around with the club, uh, 2.81 ERA and 55 appearances. 
and uh, you know struck out 60. Just uh, a, a, a really outstanding year that year for for both Nick Wicker and, and Tyler Clippard. Yeah, Clippard, I think, was a free agent. Uh, you know, he got hurt early in spring training. He didn't join the club till a little late uh, after the season started. And uh, Whitgren was a great pickup, you know, kind of a DFA guy from Miami, uh, under-the-radar move in spring training that they brought in and gave him maybe two, three solid years, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Mike Freeman, a uh, name that jumps off uh, in, in terms of Terry Francona guys, uh, this was a, a a guy that nobody else wanted, and and Tito found a place for him. Uh, he wound up even even pitching a couple of games that that got out of hand. Uh, Freeman did, but he could play anywhere on the infield. Uh, even was willing to play in the outfield if he needed to, and just had that right attitude and approach as a utility guy for for Tito. Yeah, he was really, you know, just you hit. That's that's exactly right. He was a, a Terry Francona utility guy. He, he could play all over. He could pitch in an emergency, and he could even hit the ball out of the park occasionally. So he was perfect. All right, uh, now we move uh, we move into the the, the 2020 season, and and Hoinsey, that was a, a year that uh, I think all of us would like to forget, uh, but uh, particularly uh, from the baseball perspective because. Uh, there really wasn't uh, much to talk about in terms of, uh, of uh, you know, I, I guess uh, team chemistry and whatever, because it was only a, what, a 60 game season. Uh, the big thing that stood out uh, that year was uh, Shane Bieber uh, pitching uh, lights out from from beginning to end and, and just the contribution that he made uh, on the mound. Uh, you also got uh, Roberto Perez, uh, one of the the best defensive uh, catching performances uh, in, uh, in in Cleveland history, and uh, you saw a guy like a Cesar Hernandez, who was a pickup that year, uh, win a Gold Glove, uh, you know, despite the shortened season. Uh, and Jose Ramirez finished third in the MVP voting. Yeah, they played great under uh, Sandy Alomar. Uh, Terry Francona had to step away from the uh, club because of uh, some health reasons. Uh, and um, uh, uh, Sandy and um, Mike uh, Mike Sarbaugh kind of steered the club, you know, through through uh, the last couple months of the season, got them into the postseason. They lose to uh, the Yankees in the, in the expanded wildcard format. But still, it was uh, it was a strong finish, and it was it was an exciting year despite being like a sixty game sprint, Joe. Yeah, that was uh, that was a, a really unique uh, sort of situation, and you can't really pick maybe a, a Tito Francona guy off of that that roster because uh, because of the time that he spent away from the the club and, and you know the personality of the team, uh, you know, might have been a, a little bit affected by it. Uh, 2021, uh, disaster struck again in terms of Tito's health. Uh, he wasn't available to, 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 to manage down the stretch the last couple of months of the season. Uh, the last, what, 63 games were, were run by DeMarlo Hale in a, in an inner, uh, on an acting manager sort of basis. Uh, but, but that, uh, that club, uh, again, was led by, uh, Jose Ramirez. Uh, you saw Aaron Savali sort of step forward and, and step up. Uh, you saw the uh, after the trade of, of Francisco Lindor, you saw uh, Ahmed Rosario uh, sort of come in and and give uh, give Cleveland a little bit of a spark. And you know, for all the things that Ahmed couldn't do in terms of his his defense or or maybe what he was uh, you know his shortcomings at the plate, uh, 
Tito really just did sort of have a soft spot for Ahmed Rosario because of his approach to the game and the way that he ran out every ball and hustled every every grounder to the to the infield. Uh, and it produced results uh, at times for for Ahmed. Yeah, I mean, he was a force at the top of the lineup. Uh, and, like, when they put him back at shortstop, it was like the light bulb went on, Joe. You know, that's his favorite position. That's where he grew up playing. And he just took advantage of it and had a big, big year. A couple of names off of that uh, that roster. You saw um, uh, Austin Hedges assert himself uh, in, in 88 games, uh, sort of taking over uh, after uh, – um, uh, Roberto Perez was was let go. Uh, Hedges uh, definitely the the personality bigger than anything else. Uh, his you know he could could work a, a pitching staff and and was dedicated to the pitchers and getting them through games uh, to the detriment of his own offense. But uh, his personality more than anything uh, sort of really meshed with Tito. Yeah, he was. I just remember Tito saying this guy you know he's hitting like always. <laughs> Point zero fifty, but it, he was so enthusiastic every game. You know, he's just, you know, he, 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 I don't think he ever shut up. He, he was working <laughs> with pitchers. He was talking. He was, you could always approach him in the locker room. He didn't care about his average. He, he just, he was just happy to be playing baseball. And he was, you know, he wanted to get the best out of the pitching staff. Yeah, and that was certainly the case. Uh, you also saw Andres Jimenez. Uh, he was up and down a little bit, but that was the first time uh, he really made a, a, a contribution to the team. Uh, we would see more of him in, in 2022 for sure. Uh, but I want to focus on Ernie Clement, a uh, guy who appeared in 40 games, showed flashes of, of being able to uh, you know, do a lot of things defensively, uh, might not have gotten the opportunities uh, offensively that, uh, you know, that would have produced for him, but uh, Ernie Clement, certainly a, a guy who fits the uh, the Tito mold of uh, versatility, at, at least, and be, being able to play a bunch of different positions. Yeah, he could pitch, too, Joe. I mean, Francona had a soft spot for all those guys. He always, you know, and I think that was one of the, one of the best parts of him being a manager. He knew versatility countered. He knew you had, the, the season was 162 games long, and you're going to have some, your regulars aren't going to be able to answer the bell every day. So you need a guy that can play all over. He can play, you know, Clement could play the outfield. He could play the infield. He could play first base. You know, he, he was a valuable guy. Uh, again, uh, you, you had Brian Shaw, uh, came back to the club, uh, after a, a couple of seasons away as a free agent having left for Colorado, uh, Brian Shaw appeared in 81 games that season. And if, if there's, if there's maybe, there are some bigger names and, and bigger performances or whatever, uh, out of the bullpen over the years for Tito. But if, if there's one guy who really had a connection with Tito, uh, through the bullpen, uh, this was Brian Shaw who wanted to pitch every day he came to the park and Tito would make, make fun of him and make jokes about it. But, but really to, to be able to have that, you know, in the, in your back pocket, every time you came to the park, uh, Brian Shaw was that guy. Yeah. It started in 2013 and, you know, except for what a three-year interruption with him going or a two and a half, three-year interruption going into, uh, Colorado and then Seattle. <laughs> he did it all in Cleveland, and he became what the uh, the the all-time uh, relief, uh, you know, the he holds all the record for uh, you know relief appearances in franchise history because he pitched 80 games a year. <laughs> he was yeah. he was incredible. 
Yeah, and and, and still going. I, I believe he's still with the. Uh, you know, he pitched last year in Chicago and uh, continue to make appearances. So uh, the goal of of getting to uh, the the all time major league record is is still out there for Brian Shaw. Uh, real briefly, we can touch on on twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three because. Uh, there are some some names that come up there uh, as we move into the Guardians era uh, with Tito. Uh, right off the top, uh, you've got to mention uh, Stephen Kwan and 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 just uh, you, you know all the qualities uh, that make Stephen Kwan uh, a top leadoff hitter, a top teammate, a top defender are are all things that that Tito really valued. Yeah, and uh, he put him at the top of the lineup after what. Uh maybe you know a month or two months into the uh, 2022 season and Quant took off he was like he was born to hit the top of the lineup born to play left field born to win a gold glove just uh, you know all around really really a fun player to watch and uh Andres Jimenez uh, in his first gold glove season uh now uh now the the platinum glove winner in in 2023 uh the, as the best defensive player in uh, in the American League, uh, really, you know, Tito can't say enough good things about the way that that Andres Jimenez plays the game and, and he's around things. And, uh, you know, if if he continues to progress at the plate, uh, it, it, it's, it, you know, the sky's the limit for him. But but Tito really saw that early on defensively with him at second base. Yeah, they, you know, they had to play him at second base because they like Rosario so much at short. And, uh, you know, uh, Jimenez just kind of claimed it as his own. And, uh, you know, he's, and all, and, you know, two years later, he's the best, uh, second baseman in, in, in baseball and, or, and, and, and a goal, and a two time gold glove winner. Uh, out of the bullpen, uh, you've got Xavier Curry, uh, young and, you know, I don't think, uh, the, the expectations are as high as some of the other guys uh, up around him as, as as far as starters, young starters. But, uh, you know, Curry being the guy that, that sort of stepped in and uh, contributed over the last two seasons in any role that he was asked to do, uh, I think that went a long way uh, with uh, with Terry Francona and and just, you know, what, uh, you know, how he valued uh, the contribution. He always spoke very highly of Xavier Curry. Yeah, availability, Joe. Availability out of out of your pitchers is is key. I mean, the the, uh, the Guardians go a long way to protect these guys. But if you if you're able to take the ball when they want you to take the ball, you know you're going to have a good spot with the, you're going to be in, in in pretty good you know standing with with uh, the coaching staff. And and Curry did it all. I mean, he went bounce back and forth between the bullpen and the rotation, and that's really difficult to do. And you got to be really careful because you know you can really hurt a pitcher that way. All right, uh, that that brings us to the the 2023 team uh, last year, obviously. Recency bias, and we, we've touched on a lot of these names uh, uh, here. Uh, anybody jump off the page at you uh, just from uh, you know this this, this past season uh, in terms of guys that that Tito really made a connection with or uh, made contributions because he was he gave them a chance to do so. Yeah, I think you know Josh Naylor kind of jumped out off the page at me. I don't know he didn't he didn't headbutt Tito this this season, which is a plus, I guess. But uh, you know I, I like the way you know Naylor has just kind of it, it keeps emerging as as a force in the middle of that lineup offensively. 
All right, that brings us to uh, you know naming a uh, a starter at sort of each position on the field on an all Terry Francona team. Hoinsie, let's go around the diamond. Uh, we'll start in the outfield. We'll start in left field because uh, that's uh, that's one where there's a, a a lot of opportunities there. Who would uh, out of uh, out of these guys? Who would you pick as the the quintessential Terry Francona left fielder uh, from the past eleven seasons of Cleveland baseball? I'm going with Michael Brantley in left field, Joe. I think uh, he is, uh, you know, Francona never stopped talking about him after, even after he left and went to Houston. You know, I think uh, him and Quan are it's it's neck and neck, but I I give uh, I give it to Brantley just because of an offensive edge. All right, the uh, the, the center fielder might be uh, might be a tough call, might not be. Uh, who uh, who do you think? Uh... Uh, would be a, a good uh, a good choice there. Uh, I I think I have my favorite in mind, but I want to make sure it uh, aligns with yours. Well, I think I, I'm going to go with Roger Davis. Uh, I, I think uh, this this was a guy who you know he might not have played the most games there over over Tito's tenure in center field, but uh, the ones he did play in were were significant and certainly a a, a guy who who deserves that spot there uh, in center field. Yeah, I might I might go with Naquin. I might go with Tyler Naquin there, but he didn't stay that long either. So I I mean it's that's a good you know that's uh you know uh you know I, I like Raja too definitely. Well, well Tyler you know might have been in Tito's doghouse a, a few too many times for uh, to be a an all Tito team performer. Yeah. Uh, in, in that you know there there were there were times when when Tyler was uh uh you know not not necessarily producing the way that Tito wanted. Uh, what do you think about right field? Always a, a, a tough spot to, to try and fill in uh, here in Cleveland over the last decade or so. It was almost like it was a, a forgotten position. Uh, what do you think of uh, when you think of right fielders under Terry Francona? You know, I'm, I'm going to go with Brennan. I'm going to go with Brennan. He, you know, he kind of really he made an impression on Tito in spring training this past season. He starts the opener, kind of, you know, pulls a rabbit out of the hat. No one saw that coming. And I think he played about 138 games out there. So, yeah, I'm I'm going with Brennan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Tyler Naquin, uh, a guy who, who could have been considered there uh, maybe as a predecessor to uh, uh, Brennan, uh, there were really just not a lot of options in terms of picking one guy for right field. So, uh, might have made it a little bit harder, but, uh, if you go back to, uh, even all the way back to, uh, Jay Bruce in, in 2017, he, he wasn't around for a long time, uh, but he was a, a good contributor and, uh, and, and, and played some, some big innings there. So, uh, might be a guy, uh, to, to pick as a, as an all Tito team, uh, performer, out there in right, and and uh, you, you can't forget Lonnie Chisenhall, who uh, who also made the move yeah. out there uh, in uh, from third base. So uh, I think Lonnie might be my pick uh, to to go out there in in, in right field. Uh, we're gonna skip third base because everybody knows what the answer is at third base. That's an <laughs> obvious one. Just pencil it in. Uh, but but shortstop might be a a, a bit more of a a, a debate. Uh, the numbers obviously favor Lindor as your, your all Tito, uh, you know, uh, team, uh, first pick, but, uh, again, he really liked Ahmed Rosario in that, in that spot, maybe not defensively, but, uh, as, as your starting shortstop, he contributed, uh, every bit as much as, uh, anybody else besides Lindor. 
Yeah, I, I just I got to go with Lindor, uh, Joe. I think uh, you know, yes, they uh, they kind of kept him back. They they controlled his service time. You know, they manipulated it a little bit. But uh, when he came up, you know, he could have won the Rookie of the Year in half a season. He almost did. Yeah, that was uh, and and that was sort of the the point. There was uh, he uh, he gave you everything you you could ask for. He had. Uh, as Drupal Cabrera for two seasons before that, but uh, he was sort of on his way out uh, in, in, at that point uh, under Tito. So uh, a good pick as any is, um, uh, you know, Francisco Lindor, obviously a, a franchise altering uh, player for Cleveland. Uh, second base. Uh, this is a, this is one that you might be able to debate a little bit. Uh, you've got some good candidates there. Uh, Jason Kipnis, Andres Jimenez, uh, who who is you who would you pick as the uh, the ultimate Tito guy at second base? Boy, I you know I, I've got to go with Kipnis because he's had longer to develop a chemistry. He had longer to develop a chemistry with with Francona. I remember you know Francona talking that uh, when he he watched Kipnis walk to the plate, you know all Kipnis had to do was nod at him and he knew he was going to bunt or put on a certain play. I don't know if they've reached that level with uh, between him and him and huh. Andres. Oh yeah, yeah. Tito didn't know when Andres was was gonna bunt. Yeah. I don't think Andres knew when he was gonna bunt uh, the last two seasons. It, it surprised us sometimes. Uh, it certainly made us scratch our heads a couple of times as well. Uh, first base, uh, Carlos Santana, uh, probably the, the the clear pick here. Once he made the move over to first base, uh, his production uh, and and just uh, the affection that he had for Tito. Uh, I can remember so many times looking over and seeing him. Uh, you know kiss Tito's bald head uh, before a game. Uh, it's uh, a, a lot of fun, uh, the relationship the two of those guys have. Yeah, Tito made a, made a great managerial influence on, on Santana because before he got here, you know, th- there were guys in the clubhouse that said, this guy's got to go. He does not get what what being a, a teammate means. And uh, Francona worked on him, you know, worked on him, you know, talked to him. They moved him to first base. And lo and behold, he became one of the best uh, teammates, you know, that we've seen here in the last, you know, it, during uh, Francona's run. Yeah, and, and and that carried over anywhere else that that Santana went, uh, you know, uh, after Philadelphia, where you know things got a little hairy. Uh, he he was beloved in the clubhouse and in, in a lot of different places. So uh, Santana, obviously, a, a good choice there. Uh, starting catcher, uh, you know, a big one, uh, you've got Jan Gomes, you've got Roberto Perez. Uh, but I think the, uh, I think the obvious Tito, uh, first teamer here is, is Austin Hedges, uh, just because of the personality. Yeah, I'm going with Gomes on that one. I, I really think he liked Gomes when he came, when Francona came, took over, um, you know, Santana was the catcher, but Gomes was, you know, right on his heels and Gomes eventually took over. And, uh, you know, he I think they had a good they had a good thing going with uh, Tito and him. Yeah. Perez is probably the uh, the most talented of the of the group in terms of behind the plate and, and managing games and defensive prowess and all that. Uh, but uh, but Hedgie was the the guy who sort of kept everybody together and he was that clubhouse leader. I, I think uh that's a quality that 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 Tito admired, and, and he he didn't care what you did at the plate, uh, as long as you were getting those pitchers through the games, uh, and and that's all, all what uh, Hedgie was all about. Uh, def, uh, designated hitter, who's uh, who's your 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 all Tito designated hitter? 
it's got to be. I know it's it's a it's a short it's a you know short window, but it's got to be uh, Napoli for me. I, I I know we talked about him a little bit at first base, but I'm going to put him at DH. I think uh, Napoli made a huge difference on that 216 club, and uh, Tito brought him in to do exactly that. They brought him in to do exactly that to calm the clubhouse down. And uh, to uh, you know, there were no there were no clicks with Napoli, and I think that was you know Tito Tito knew that. Yeah, uh, uh, Napoli uh, never a bad choice in that situation. I'm going to go with Giambi, uh, even though he was only one season and he didn't play much and he didn't uh, you know he he was he was the guy who was the the leader in that clubhouse that year, uh, and and you could tell Tito always spoke and thought glowingly of him. Uh, in in every year after that uh, that he managed in Cleveland, so uh, for sure uh, Giambi obviously deserving of that. The this might be the one of the the most hotly debated ones though. Uh, T, uh, the All Tito uh, utility infielder or utility <laughs> player. It doesn't matter infielder or outfielder. Uh, you, you've got some great candidates. Mike Avilas, uh, like you said, Ryan Rayburn, uh, Mike Freeman. Uh, these are all guys who who could play everywhere and 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 pretty much do Ernie Clement, you know, guys that could do it all. Who, uh, who would I'm, be your I'm, pick? I'm going to bring Go up a, a word, a name we haven't mentioned, Michael Martinez. I mean, how many Very times did Martinez show up? Every he, hey, he kept coming hey man, back and it, he made the final out of the 2016 World Series. Boise, so there's a reason why we don't talk about Michael Martinez, and that's exactly the reason right there. You, 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 oh my goodness! But, but the uh, fact that he was in the game in, in in the seventh game of the World Series tells you what what Francona thought about him. I mean, I know he had no options, but still. Yeah, I think what what Tito thought about him at that moment was uh, I need a live body, get somebody, uh, grab a bat and get up there and and, and take a hack against against a role or not. It wasn't against Rolls Chapman. It was against. Uh, oh, uh, now I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but Chapman was out of the game by then. So, uh, OK, M- Michael Martinez is your pick. I'm going to go with Mike Avilas. Mike Avilas to me is is the guy is the the, the, the quintessential uh, Tito utility player. Uh, that that to me he he exemplified everything that Tito looked for and wanted in uh, a, a utility guy who could play a bunch t- uh, of innings and appear in a bunch of games for you and and pretty much do it all. Uh, real quick, let's get through uh, the pitching side of it, which is obviously a big important side. Give me three starters who you think uh, exemplified a, an all Tito performer for the Guardians over the last 11 years. I'm going with Kluber, Carrasco, and Bieber. Uh, just uh, Kluber, he called, Tito called Kluber's first Cy Young, you know, uh, award in 2014 in spring training. I uh, I would tend to agree with you. I uh, th- Those three are, are great. I'm going to go in uh, in a little bit of an uh, another direction there. Uh, uh, Josh Tomlin, to me, is the ultimate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all Tito uh, performer and, and, and pitcher. Uh, I, I think uh, Aaron Savali is another guy who uh, is is a, a guy that you know Tito. I, I never really heard him uh, you know say, say a bad thing about him uh, and 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 that kind of thing. Um, and uh, and Zach McAllister was uh, was a guy who might not have had the numbers of the other guys, but when he was a starter, he, he you know Tito always tried to to, to find a spot for him in, in terms of. Uh, that, so let's, uh, let's look now at, 
the bullpen, obviously, this is an area where Tito excelled as a manager. Uh, what do you think? Uh, give me three names of, of relief pitchers that uh, that exemplify the, uh, the the Terry Francona style over the the, the last decade and plus in Cleveland. Yeah, I, I got to go with these three guys, uh, Joe Shaw, Brian Shaw, Cody Allen and, and Andrew Miller. I mean, uh, they just, you know, all three of them, you know, took the ball whenever they whenever Francona asked and to uh, and, and to Miller and, and Allen's almost to their detriment, because after they left Cleveland, they were never the same. Yeah, and I would add uh, Dan Otero and Oliver Perez uh, in there as as well uh, in terms of uh, relievers, uh, guys that uh, you know did everything that that Tito asked of them, and and really uh, made solid contributions uh, because that he gave them those opportunities uh, because he saw those qualities in in them that uh, that that he really appreciated. All right, Hoinsey, that's going to uh, wrap up our uh, our take on uh, an all Tito. Uh, team of uh, guardians slash Indians players over the last 11 seasons. Uh, we get to, we get to start making uh, Steven vote all-star teams now moving forward. So uh, <laughs> well, hopefully we, we begin to build on, uh, on that with, uh, with vote and uh, we'll, we'll start to get to know uh, the kind of players and the kind of guys that, that he appreciates and, and he uh, uh, likes to use in games uh, as we move forward. Uh, should be fun to, to start doing this season and look forward to the opportunity. That was a lot of fun, Joe. Thanks, man.